Hey, good morning, everybody. If it is your first time here, let me just say one more time, welcome to South Point. We are so glad that you joined us today. Um, if you're watching online, thank you so much for being a part. We're actually going to have some time for you to interact today as well. And so um, we're starting a new series this week. Um, usually when we start a new series at South Point, if you've been here for a while, it usually goes for a very long time. Uh, this one will only be for about four weeks. It's going to take us up to the Christmas season. Uh, we're going to have several weeks in Christmas where we get to talk about our Savior coming to this earth. But today we're going to start something a little bit different. Um, in January, on January 5th of 2020, um, I preached this message. You see me bring these books up all the time. Um, I will say this, although Allison's not in here, when I ordered this moleskin, um, this is way more Baylor green than it looked like on the computer screen. And so I'm, I got a little ways to go on this one, but I am definitely not going to do that again. But this was my sermon notes. Yeah, I color code stuff. It's fun times if you can see it online. Um, I thought it was a pretty good sermon. It was called Our Next Step. Like we had shown up into the new 20s, the 2020s. And man, we said all these big hopes and dreams like it's a new decade. It's going to be such a cool time. Wow, <laughs> have things looked different since January 5th of 2020. But in this message, we talked about a lot of things. And we said, hey, whenever we get to a new year, and we're about to roll up to another one, <laughs> praise God. When we get to a new year, we kind of have new hopes and dreams, and we start thinking about things. And we said, hey, there are some next steps that we want to take. There's some next steps that we want to take as individuals. There's next steps we want to take as a church. And in this message, we looked at Acts Chapter 9 and verse 31. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 31, you can follow along on the screen or in your Bible if you want. There's this beautiful verse in the early church. And we said we want to be like the early church. Like the early church had these beautiful moments of fellowship and walking together. And man, they were so focused on Christ. And in Acts chapter 3 and verse 31, it says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And at South Point, we want to look like that. And man, can I just say, as I read through that and looked over that this week, I was like, you know what? I feel like we've got a pretty good grade when it comes to that. Like, I feel like we're a church with peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Yesterday, how many of you came to Trunk or Treat? Just real quick. All right, Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for being a part of that, for supplying candy. We gave out a lot um, for having the trunks. Like, it was a little bit bigger than we expected <laughs> if you were there. Um, I, I really thought we would have a good turnout, and I usually feel like I'm pretty good at estimating what it's going to look like. Did not estimate that one at all. Um, that's why we made two more trips to Sam's to get candy. Um, we had a lot of people here. But you know what? Throughout all of that, people waiting in line, people having to go a little bit slower than we'd like to go in our normal pace, I very rarely saw anyone that looked upset. I very rarely saw, in fact, I only saw like one family, and it was a maybe. It could have been their kid was upset. Um, but I just watched these people come through, and it was such a happy and peaceful time. It was a way of loving our community. I watched as you guys had the same conversation over and over and over again. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Welcome. We're glad you're here. I know that Greta, you gave a beanbag to like thousands of people. Um, but in all of that, there's just this moment of peace. 
Like when I look at our church, I see a church that gets the idea that, you know what, we have peace. We walk in fear of the Lord. Like everything we do from on Monday when I sit down with our staff to the time where I meet with our elders, the things that we do, we don't do things just haphazardly to, oh, let's just do that. Like we think about it and go, we're, we're walking in fear. And when you hear fear, don't think like, oh, he's going to smite me. Like we are walking in respect and reverence to who God is and who the Lord is and what he is doing. Um, we have comfort through the Holy Spirit. Anyone been comforted in the Holy Spirit in the last couple weeks, months, maybe? Yeah. Like, it's been crazy. Like, we've had to do so many things differently, and yet the Holy Spirit just comes in and says, hey, I'm, I haven't left you. I'm still here. On a personal note, as we walked through this series last week, I said, hey, this has the opportunity to be divisive. It also has the opportunity to be unifying. Man, some of you have maybe prayed for that this week, if you heard that last week. Man, I have had such a comfort in the Holy Spirit that this is what we need to talk about for the next couple of weeks. Man, it has been, it's one that there are some parts of this that we're going to get to that just by some nature in me, and, and I don't know why, but they can cause me a little bit of angst. And I haven't had that. I've had nothing but I'm actually excited about this. I'm excited to be able to talk about this and share this and, and say, hey, this is where we could go. And so the Holy Spirit is doing that. And then I look and it says they were doing all these things. They, were, they had peace, that fear of the Lord, comfort in the Holy Spirit. And then it says that church, it multiplied. I feel like God's doing that here. So if you're online, you can comment in this so that you can be a part of it as well. But just, just and look, everyone's going to do it. So if you're like more introverted and shy, don't worry. We're all in this together. If, if you've been coming to South Point, like just a, attending or member, just anything like that, for a year or less. Will you raise your hand? All right. That's, that's awesome. Put them back down. If you've been coming for three years or less, raise your hand. I'm going to kind of put us in that group where we're coming up on the date. <laughs> okay. If you've been at South Point for seven years or less, raise your hand. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, seven years or longer. I should probably reverse that. Okay, there we go. Now we're, um, yeah, Aggie. Okay, if you've been here for 15 years or longer, raise your hand. We'll count that. Awesome. Anybody been here 20 years or longer? All right. And Crystal hasn't made it back in. I know Crystal wins. Like, if you've been at our church for a while, Crystal, who sings in our band, um, she's been here since she was a kid. So she's our longest one. But if you look at those hands, like, man, the, the, the first year, like, they went up all over the place. Man, God's doing things here. Like, when a church is unified, when a church is focused on the gospel, God does things there. And so I feel like we're, we're multiplying. And so... Within that, this series, like we said, hey, at the beginning of the year, man, it's the, it's the new decade. We're going to be taking these next steps. So what, what are our next steps as a church? This, this series is, is about the next steps of South Point Church. Some of those next steps are a little more physical. And what I mean by that is we're looking at changing up the exterior of our outside. Like when you come in here, like, we've, we've done some things over the years. We, we redid our auditorium, and I'm very thankful to Diamondback Painting because they painted this thing for free. 
Um, we've done some work in the lobby to try and make that more welcoming whenever people come in. Um, we did those things. The outside is going to require a little bit more. Um, if you go to church here, you've hopefully told someone, I go to South Point, and I guarantee you someone has said, where is that? Like, where, where is that church? Like, we have a great location. Like, thousands of people drive by here every day. But because of the color of our building, and sometimes during the year, the color of the sky, the building, and if the grass is dead, it melts away. <laughs> Just gone. And it's not like this place is inconspicuous. Like, it's a big, big metal building. But I love the way that Jeff Hilke put it. He said, it's painted West Texas vanilla. Like, there can't be a more normalized statement than West Texas vanilla. And yet, that's what color our building is, and sometimes it just fades away, and we want to do some things about that. Um, our next step is, and our kids' area is growing, we got, good job, everybody, you, you're having babies and stuff, like, like our kids' area is growing, and, and we've, we've done some things there. Man, I am so thankful for J.D. and Allison and volunteers that came in, even over the summer, just repainting that made such a big difference. Um, but at the same time, whenever I came here for my first interview, I got a tour of the building. The first place that they took us was our kids' area. And I walked in, I was like, this doesn't naturally communicate that we love children. Because if you have been back there, and know some of you may not have kids, I, I invite you, take it, I'll give you a tour. Um, we had water damage in there before, and the floor needs to be replaced. Um, we have these accordion shutters that need to be replaced. Um, this will let us finish most of that out. And so this series is kind of about the next steps. And here's what I want to say. I love this church. Amen. And I love our people. I love what God is doing. And I hope that you love your church as well. Like, if you, if you can't say you love your church, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, well, if you can't invite somebody to your church, it's kind of weird. Like, I love this place. I love you guys deeply. And I want this to be something that we do together. I want every one of us to be able to be a part of that. And so this series is called Straining Towards the Goal. It makes us ask a question. What is the goal? Like, what is this goal that we're reaching out for? If you look in Philippians chapter 3, where we'll spend a little bit of time today. And I'll also say, like, if you're kind of new with us, this is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be talking about a lot of things within our church um, Preaching-wise, this is different for me, um, but I invite us to, to still be a part of this and, and listen and learn, because in Philippians chapter 3, and stop me if you've heard this before, because we taught through this book, but in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, Paul writes this. He says, not that I've already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. So, we went through the book of Philippians a while back, um, and I love this section of scripture. Um, 
as he says, hey, not that I've already obtained this. What he's saying is, hey, I don't think I'm perfect. Like Paul, this massive apostle, he wrote a ton of the New Testament. He has people looking to him for answers. He has people looking to him for guidance, for wisdom, for, for shepherding. He says, hey, I don't have it all together. Man, I love that because I need that at times. Like, I do not have this together. And Paul says, hey, I haven't, I haven't obtained perfection yet. That's, that's going to come on the other side of death when I spend an eternity in heaven. But he says this, man, there is one thing that I do. Man, forgetting what lies behind. And if you're here today and you're in Christ, forget what lies behind. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. You are not that person. If you are in Jesus Christ, you are not the old creation. You are a new creation. You have been made new. And Paul looks back, and Paul can look back on some stuff that I'm pretty sure, hopefully nobody in here can say, because I know we come in here with baggage and things like that, but Paul comes in with some baggage where he killed people. So again, if that's you today, uh, we would love for you to talk with, if you're struggling with that, talk to Jeff, talk to Terry. Um, <laughs> but Paul says, man, I have some baggage, and it's heavy, and it's hard, and I railed against Christianity, I railed against Jesus Christ, and I am not that person anymore. I have forgotten what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal and the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. South Point Church can press forward because Christ has made us his own. We are his bride. You think about your bride. I always use this whenever I officiate a wedding. Like you, you typically, this is my spouse, this is my wife. Think back to your wedding day. That was, here comes the bride. Everything's like it's about as good as it's going to be. Everything is perfection. There's planning. There's this beautiful moment where someone walks in. Somebody cut an onion when that happened. I started crying. But the word bride is always used because that's the picture in eternity. When we, as the church, those in Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, are married to the groom, Jesus. That's him. So we are his own. And we can press forward because we are his own. Just like Paul. Paul says, hey man, I, I had some baggage, I had some stuff, I had some things going on. But man, Christ laid hold of me. This is what I love about Jesus Someone can be horrifically far from God. They can hate Christianity. They can hate the church. They can despise everything about it. And yet when God wants them, he lays hold of them and there is no escape. Sometimes we call that irresistible grace, but when God wants someone, he will have them because there is nothing in the universe that he doesn't get to look at and say, that's mine. And Paul says, man, I didn't want God. I hated him or Jesus. He thought he loved God. He says, I didn't want Jesus. And in a perfect moment, Jesus showed up and said, I'm going to lay hold of you. Like, I'm going to come after your soul, and it will be mine, and it will be life-changing, and you'll never be the same. And just like Paul, God has laid hold of this church. You look around, man, the backgrounds, the stories, every person that came in these doors today, you came in with a story. And sometimes that story was, hey, I grew up in church, and it was, it was pretty good, and Jesus found me. That, that, I'll be honest, that's kind of mine. And some of you said, man, I didn't grow up in church. My parents were far from God. I wanted nothing to do with him. Man, I was out running around. I was knocking over liquor stores at age six like I was a rough kid. And then God laid hold of you. 
And if he hasn't done that yet, if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, you're talking about something powerful and strong. Man, I, I hope you know that there is a good God out there. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, who saves, forgives us of sin, makes us into a new creation, does amazing spiritual work in our lives. And that's our story. Man, God has laid hold of so many hearts through Jesus Christ. And we come in with all these different backgrounds, and yet Jesus has changed us. And he makes us from broken individuals into a body that comes together in worship, that cries out to him and sings his praises, that pours over his scripture, that does fellowship together, that reaches out to the community together. He takes broken individuals, and he makes them into this beautiful, beautiful body. And our prize is more than just the benefits. Like sometimes we think of Christianity as, oh, I don't have to go to hell. It's more than that. It's a lot more than that. It's not, the benefit is just not that. The, the biggest benefit is that we are called. Our prize is that God has called us to more. He's called us as individuals. And so as individuals, we're growing in discipleship. We're doing those things. And as a church, He's called us to one, unity. Um, as we walk through all of this, I want us to stay unified. I don't want this to be anything that's divisive. Like, I love the unity of our church. Like, we talk about it a lot. We fight for it. And, man, it just feels tangible. And you come in here, if it's your first time or your thousandth time, like, this is a place where someone's going to welcome you. Next week we're going to have coffee. Um, I mean, it's important things like that. And yet we want to, we want to keep that unity. That's why when we say, hey, as a church, our vision is we want to be for God, for people, for community, and for the nations. We want to be known what, for what we're for, not just what we're against. As a church, we're committed church. We're committed to God's work, committed to the gospel, committed to obedience, committed to the uncommitted, those that are outside the church, outside of a relationship with Christ. Man, that's what brings us together. We want to see all of that happening. And so we do those things, even in our community. Like, we want to reach out. Like, we want to have unity as a church. We want this to be about community as well. And so we do things like Trunk or Treat and reach out to our neighbors and in a way to just be able to provide a safe place for them. We have our pantry, third Saturday of every month, reaching out to our community, meeting physical needs, and sharing the gospel with them. Here in a month, we're going to hit December. And it's Christmas time, and you guys know we do a thing called Community Christmas. It's going to look a little different this year. I will talk about that more in a few weeks, but it's something that we still say, hey, we want people to be a part of that. We want people to be unified in that. Like we as a church want to be united, and we want to be about community. I'll also say this. Like as you read through that, and he says, hey, I'm straining towards the goal. The things that we're talking about over the next couple of weeks, if you have been a part of us for a while, the Philippians series was like 2019. Um, I've wanted to do this for a long time. About six months after I got here, I wanted to do this. And we had a lot of changes at the church, and it was like, man, now's just not the right time. And then in 2019, I was like, man, I want to do this. And we had all these different things coming up and different things happening. It's like, hey, now we, got, we were redoing our vision statement. I'm like, man, now's just not the right time. 2020, get here. I want to do this. And no, oh, there's COVID. Um, there will always be something that comes up, right? Always. Like if you're, if you're dating out there, like if you're a younger person, old bird, whatever, and you have that mentality of, hey, we'll get married uh, when we have enough money. <laughs> no, you won't. 
You'll get married and be poor. That's what you'll do. Uh, there will always be something that comes up. You can push stuff off. It's the same with family. Hey, we get to a little bit better spot. We'll have a kid. Surprise! You know, it's one of those things where something will always come up. And I got really convicted about that. And I was like, you know what? I, I, the straining towards the goal was the entire title series for the Philippians book. And I wanted to do this then. I was like, I'm not, I'm, we're just not going to say we'll do it later. Like, something will always come up. Let's just be committed and do this right now. So what's our goal within this? One, our goal is changed lives. Look in Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 20. If you've been a believer for a while, you know this is called the Great Commission. Um, it's like Jesus' parting words to his followers. And he says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. My goodness, what a comfort. And my goodness, what a calling. He looks at his disciples, and I love it, says, to the end of the age. We get pulled into that. We're still here. He says, hey, I'm, I'm leaving Earlier, he would say, hey, I'm not going to leave you alone, though. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. But I am sending you out to make disciples and to teach them all that I have taught you. So we spend six, seven months walking through the greatest sermon, through the Sermon on the Mount. All of those things that he talked about from salt and light to the way that we pray, to the way that we forgive, to the way that we love, to the way we give, on and on. Every one of those, he says, you take that. Yes, you hide it in your heart, but it's not a secret. We have been called to go out. One of our goals in the things that we do here is seeing changed lives, seeing people become disciples of Jesus Christ, seeing people discipled throughout their life, whether that be from a child to the end of your days, and we want to see people grow in that. We desire to see changed lives. We have a high calling to make disciples. And I'll say this. We need to be more committed to the uncommitted. Man, yesterday, I watched so many people come through. And I don't mean this as a judgment statement, but sometimes you can just kind of go, yeah, I don't think you have a church home. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't feel that in a judgmental way. I felt that in a, man, I would love for you to be here tomorrow. I would love for you to hear the gospel. I would love for you to meet people that hopefully show a little bit different side of Christianity than maybe what you have in your head. Like, we need to be more committed to the uncommitted. And so what does that look like for us? Sharing the gospel. If you love your church, inviting people. Knowing if you have friends at work or at home or school or wherever, and you say, hey, hey, I know that you're struggling, you're hurting right now. Hey, come to church with me on Sunday. 1045, you be there. Maybe 1040, we'll get a seat. Let's be honest, 1050. Um, but inviting, loving people enough to engage and invite. Loving people enough through understanding that, hey, there's times where people go through different life experiences, and sometimes that changes the way they look at church. One of the biggest ones, one of the reasons that we're talking about the kids' side so much, man, I don't know how many stories there are. Where it's like, you know, we just weren't, weren't really involved in the church, like weren't really going. Then we had kids and life got crazy. And 
man, that kind of drove us. Like, we didn't want them to be the person knocking over the liquor store at age six. And so we said, hey, maybe we should do something with that. And people find a church home because they've entered a new chapter of life. But whatever it is, like, we need to be a church that's committed to the uncommitted. And one of our goals is seeing lives changed. Seeing people go from death to life. Our goal is to see God's provision and goodness on display. Man, I have it in capital letters. God has been good to us. I know it's been a crazy year. And I know there's been ups and downs. But if you're sitting in here today, God has been really good to you. You live in a country, and I know this week's going to be nuts, but you live in a country where you have the freedom to vote. You live in a country where we have electricity, and it, it doesn't go out very often. I say that, it'll go out today. <laughs> if it does, just know it gets really, really dark in here. We had one Sunday where it went out, and it was nuts. But man, we have heating or air conditioning, depending on what day of the week this week. Good grief. Man, God has been good to us. If I wanted to, I could drive across our country, and if I wasn't speeding or breaking the law, I wouldn't be stopped because I have that freedom. God has been good to us. Man, from a financial standpoint, we are unbelievably blessed when you look across the world. I was talking this morning with somebody about South America, and I've been down there several times, and I'm going to tell you, man, it looks different. I've got really good friends that desperately want to get out of their country because there is literally no food, there is no health care, there is no money. Man, God has been good to us. And this is an opportunity to show this to our community that, hey, you know what? God's been good. You get to see God's goodness and provision on display. Because sometimes when we do things, it gets people's attention. There was a couple that came here about a year and a half ago, and they said, yeah, we just saw things were going on at your church. What they were talking about was the flags that are out front. All we did was hammer a stake in the ground and put up a flag. And they were like, man, something's going on. <laughs> like, wow, we're, we're really innovative. <laughs> no, we don't even have somebody waving it. Like, we just put it in the ground. Like, that's all it took. And there's times when we do things, people go, man, God's, God must be doing something there. So it's seeing God's provision and goodness on display. Our goal is to see a community impacted in a church moving forward. Man, we have an unbelievable location. I had been to Abilene one other time before I moved here. I did a camp in like 2005, yeah, that dates me, um, at McMurray. You were there. Um, I probably drove by this place. And because of the color of the sky and the day, I don't remember, but I wasn't really looking either. But man, we have an unbelievable location. I, the first week that I have an intern, he's going, or whoever it is, is going to hate me because I'm going to put them in a lawn chair on Buffalo Gap Road, and they're going to count cars for like five days, and they give me an average. Because I'm curious. I know it has to be thousands and thousands of people that drive by 3050 Buffalo Gap Road every single day. And this is an opportunity to impact those people. That's your friends. That's my neighbors that drive by here. And that's an opportunity for us to impact them and to move forward. But our biggest thing in this, and hear me on this, our goal is to see God glorified. This is not about new stuff. This is about him. I have worked, I'm, I'm trying not to get riled up. Um, this is the 
preacher side that's done this for a bit. Um, I've worked in churches for quite a while now. Um, I've been in ministry since I was about 18 years old, almost 20 years. Um, I have worked in mostly big churches, um, very large. Uh, and I have lived in larger than Abilene areas. Abilene's not tiny. You know, I have some people there are like, oh, it's so small. I'm like, no, it's not really. But it's not the Metroplex. <laughs> I have watched churches at times get into what I would call an arms race with somebody down the street. And it turns into this big thing of the Smiths versus the Joneses or the Baptists versus the Methodists in this scenario. And it's an arms race. And it's we need to be cooler than other people. I can't stand that. I love that yesterday, South Point Church and Connect Church partnered together to impact our community. That's what it's about. It's about him glorified. At the end of the day, I don't want anyone to look at this and go, oh, look what you're doing. No, it's about his glory. This is about his glory. So anything we do here, it's going to be funneled and filtered through that. Does this glorify God? We feel yes. Is this about us looking cool? No. I'm your pastor. You're never going to be that cool. Like, I will never be a celebrity pastor. All I do is shop at Colts. Like, it's not going to happen. This is about God glorified. So why then do we use the word straining towards the goal? Um, here's what this is going to be, what we're talking about over the next month. Some of you probably picked up on it. This is about a giving campaign that will require much of us. Oh, man, now it got weird because we talked about money. This is where I've watched this over the years turn into a thing that can divide people. That's why I tried to give a little bit of warning that last week. That's why I really just kind of talked through all of this today. Yeah, we're, we're talking about giving. This is the part that sometimes it gives me angst, and I don't know why. But I'm thankful to people like Amanda, who like even challenged me this week and before. This isn't about, oh, we can just do all of these things and let's just get your money for money's sake. No, this is we feel like about God's glory. Um, but it's, it's going to take, I love that Paul says, hey, I am straining towards the goal. Like, Paul is at the gym, and it's not light day. Like, he's maxing out and saying, hey, this is not what I normally do. This is going to require more of me. And so I am straining towards the goal. Like, I'm in a race, and it's the last 100 yards, and that one guy's in front of me, and he ain't straining like I'm straining. I am going to beat him. This is straining towards the goal, and it's going to require more of us. Because within this, we're looking at, trying to raise $160,000 over the next 24 months. Amen. Why? Because we want to see that impact our community. We want to see changed lives. We want to see God's glory and provision on display. And we want to be a good neighbor. And so within that, that lets us finish up our kids' area, lets us do some flooring, kind of wanting a heads up. Um, there's a lot of square footage over there. Um, Probably about $20,000 just in the flooring. Another good bit to get new dividers put in there to where we can continue. Like if you don't have kids in our kids ministry, let me kind of quickly just say, man, it is awesome. The way that they rotate and the way that that's structured, it keeps them focused. That lets us continue to have these rooms where they kind of go back and forth and they, they hear a Bible story and then they get to spend time in craft and they have a game. <coughs> it's, it's amazing. That kind of lets us finish up our kids area. Now, we have some future plans for that, too. This is kind of what we call phase one. Um, 
I would love to be able to have a playground area out back that the kids can go and play on. Or we have a homeschool group that meets here on Fridays to be able to use that. Uh, we want anything that we have here to also be able to be used in our community. Like we've got our gym that's over there right now. We've got some multi, what we call multi-purpose rooms, the East Room, the West Room. Anytime the school or anytime a community group wants to use those, they are more than welcome to that because that's an opportunity for us to be able to reach out. Even this week, a Little League football team was able to gather together there for their last hoorah. Like we want this to be about community. And so that lets us finish up the kids area. It also lets us do a good bit of work out front. Again, painting, um, taking our exterior and making it look a little more modern and welcoming, uh, putting some seating outside to where it's something like yesterday. If someone just said, hey, the line's really long, let's just go sit down and let's just talk as a family. Or if life groups or fight club or men's groups or women's groups or anybody wants to be able to just sit down and talk after church or before church, that's available to them. And it's going to require a lot from us. That's not a small number. Like, now, in God's world, it's not a big number. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Amen. Cattle on a thousand hills. It's rolling. That's an agricultural reference. It means he has it all. Um, but it's going to require a lot for us. It also, from South Point standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, it's going to require more because we could do things easier. We could go to a bank tomorrow and take a loan out and show them, hey, we, we have... We have this much in assets. We have this much in giving each year. We could go to a bank, and you could take a loan out. Um, but we're not going to do that. As of 2016, Jeff, South Point's been debt-free. Yeah. You go to a debt-free church, and it will stay a debt-free church. Um, that is one... I, I got our FPU financial peace people clapping back there. Um, <clears throat> it seems very difficult for me to support something like FPU, to have gone through it myself and to be in a place where I'm trying to become debt-free and preach that and then turn around and say, let's go take a loan out. It just, it's, it's really hard for me. And so this is something we are not looking at borrowing money. This is something we are looking at doing as a body of believers and therefore it will require much, and it will require a little bit of straining. And so as we give during this time, over the next several weeks, we're going we're gonna to continue to talk through this. This isn't something we're just doing one time and just kind of throw out there. Like, I want us to understand really the why behind doing this. And so to kind of wrap up, look in Colossians chapter 1. I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3. Paul wrote this, he said, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. That, even though it may be difficult, even though it may require much, we will work heartily for the Lord. We'll work heartily because we feel like this is from the Lord. And God is just continually, continually doing so. There are just so many good stories coming out of this place. Every Monday morning when we start staff meeting, we start with a good story. And so many of you have been that. 
and I'm thankful for that. This is from the Lord, and so if it requires much, if it requires some straining, then let's strain together. (laughs) And so next week, just so you kind of have a heads up, we don't want to walk into this without praying, right? (laughs) And so next week, we're going to talk about, hey, how do we pray through this? How do we pray through it as individuals? How do we pray through it as a body? week after that, we're going to talk about, hey, what part do I play in this? Like, how do I play a part in it from an individual, from a family, all of those things? And then the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we'll have what we call Commitment Sunday, where once we've prayed through and once we've talked through, we will say, hey, this is what I will commit over the next 24 months to strain towards the goal. Now, within that, you go, oh, I'm giving, so that's just what I'm going to This is above and beyond. Here's one of the things that can happen. It's like, okay, let, I'm just going to give towards the, the giving campaign. Well, then we don't have staff. <laughs> so there, and we don't have the electricity and the AC and things like that. This is, this is above and beyond. Again, this is, this is straining towards the goal. And that will come later in the month. But as we do this, man, I will say this. I'm thankful that we get to do it together. I'm thankful that we get to do it as a body. I'm thankful that we get to do it as a family. Let's pray. Actually, we're not going to pray yet. Ooh, almost forgot something. This is kind of the direction we're looking. So thankful to Jen Hookie, um, who is our free architect. (laughs) Um, She is amazing, and she and Jeff got some measurements and basically recreated our building. And this is kind of what we're looking at changing out a lot of the brick up front to go with more of the wood look that we have in the lobby, kind of taking that outside. Signage, you can't miss that, all right? Like it's South Point Church. Um, That one doesn't blend into the sky. Some covered areas where we have seating. Seating may look a little bit different than that. Um, But again, like, look look how happy those kids look. Like they are playing. (laughs) They are happy children. Um, This is kind of the outside, and then there's one other one of just kind of Looking the other way, you'll notice one of the ways we're going to do this is we're going to get rid of the Umber's house. Um, I'm kidding, buddy. Um, (laughs) If you're watching online, J.D.'s sitting over there. Um, But no, their house will still be there, but you kind of see that would be Buffalo Gap. And just taking this into a little bit different look. Um, I call them our Narnia lampposts. They will not be there anymore. Just taking this in a little different look, and you're going to get to see a little bit more. We actually have um, some more images coming as well, but I wanted to be able to show you that a little bit this morning of, hey, when we talk about this, when we talk about vision and planning, this is kind of the idea, and this is where we're looking to go a little bit, and this is where we get to be a part of that together. And so now, let's pray, and we'll continue to worship. God, we love you. God, we don't have to think very long about how good that you have been to us. God, right now, if we lost everything, but we still had Jesus, we have everything. Man, you have reached out and you have loved. You have changed us. And God, again, if there's someone here today that doesn't know what that looks like, I pray that they would know that you love them deeply and that you sent your son, Christ, to make a way for us. And if you've never made that personal, maybe today it's just you saying, God, as best as I know how, I want to turn away from my old self, and I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I want to follow him. And if you did that today, I'd encourage you, put that on a connect card, talk to one of our staff.
We want to celebrate that. Because again, this is about changed lives. God, continue to be with us. God, protect the unity of our church. God, continue to pour your grace out all over us. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.